Hey there, I hope you are having a fantastic start to your new year. And if not, there's no better time to start than now. Let's make the most of it. We can switch things up this day, this hour, this week, whenever it is that you feel you need to change. You've got this. You can do it. Before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that doors are officially open for my free workshop, Secrets for Finding Rainbows Through the Emotional Fog. Yes, that is actually the title, Secrets for Finding Rainbows Through the Emotional Fog. This workshop is all about gaining clarity after a spouse has come out. I hear from individuals on a weekly, if not daily basis, that they are struggling after their partner has come out. They feel left behind, unseen, unheard, and unsure of where to go from here. They are hurting, but trying to be supportive and loving of their spouse as well. Sometimes in doing this and trying to show this love, they are losing themselves. They are feeling like there is a crowd of support for the person who has come out, but there is no support for them. There isn't a community waiting to take them in. If this describes you, I am here to tell you that you are a freaking unicorn. You are unique, strong, and bold, and there is a herd of unicorns waiting for you. The free workshop I have coming on January 19th is made just for you. Please join me and the other unicorns that will be there. Your partner may be riding the rainbow, but we are here to pull you out of the emotional fog so you can find your own rainbows. You can register for this workshop by heading to the link in our show notes, or you can head over to theboldlogic.com forward slash free workshop. I can't wait to see you there. Okay, so speaking of unicorns, I am so excited about today's episode. For the first time ever, we have invited some of our listeners to be on the show. Today, I am interviewing two women who have had their spouse come out after they were married. While these women share some shared experiences, such as, as I previously said, their spouse came out after they were married, they also have the same name, and they were also members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints when they were married and when their spouses came out. Now, those are some similarities. But they also have some major differences in their stories as well. So I am so excited to welcome to the podcast, The Kylies. Here we go. Hope you enjoy these interviews. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband in Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Okay, Kylie, super excited to connect with you. We've messaged back and forth on Instagram, and now it is fun to not in real life be with you, but be talking to you, (laughs) see your beautiful face. It feels more personable, which is so fun. Yes, definitely. I agree. So nice to finally actually chat. I agree. And thank you for being here and being willing to share your story. We just want to help people know they're not alone. As you know, you've listened to the podcast and help people to just see themselves in different stories, that there are different ways of making this whole thing work and navigating hard things. Yeah. So to start off with today, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself, about your past relationship with your ex, and then kind of where you're at today? Yeah. So my name is Kylie, obviously. I am 24. I'll be 25 in March. 
And I have two little boys that are two and one. And both of those are from my former spouse. His name is Brandon. We met when we were teenagers. We both grew up LDS. When we met in our ward in New Jersey, both our parents were in the Air Force. So we met out there. And when we were 13 and 14, and we got married after his mission in 2015. Now we are divorced. We've been divorced since May is about when we separated. I think our divorce was final sometime in August, June or August. So of just this year? This year. Yeah. Okay. 2021. Yeah. So very, very fresh. And me and my sons just moved to Arizona to be with my, we live with my parents for now. And that's been really good for us. So that's really it right now. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And so you guys were married for five and a half years, roughly? It was, did I say 2015? No, that was a lie. It was 2018. Sorry. I graduated in 2015. (laughs) I know how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one of those years yeah um we were married for about three 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 and a half years okay and at what yeah. point did he come out to you so that's where our story's a little different so he came out to me as bisexual on our wedding night Brandon and I were really 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 good friends for many years and so I had known the Lord had had kind of prepared me. So that was like, like when he told me, I just said, okay. And that was kind of hard for him. Cause he was like, like, this is a big deal. And you're just, okay. Like, cause it, what didn't come to a surprise, it didn't change anything for me. And so I was just like, okay. And like next, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it didn't bother me. It didn't matter to me. And so like, it didn't change anything in our relationship. And then he actually never came out to me. Like I would have told you originally, like even to this day, I don't know if he would even admit that he's gay, but he recently posted on social media about being gay. And so I was like, okay, so he's come to terms. But when I had left him in May, I told him like, you're gay and you need to, you know, like both you and I are going to be happier in these situations. Like if you can be true to yourself and, and he told me recently, he's like, I still wouldn't have believed it had you not done that. Like, I still would not have allowed myself because I remember when you were talking kind of a little bit about Steve, how he was like, he never would like he would have given that a thought like that was never something that he was allowed to think about or even question. And it was the same with Brandon. And so I think he was still in constant denial. of No, like, I'm not like, yeah, I'm attracted to men, but I'm not gay. You know? Yeah. So I never really had that like, out moment per se I mean obviously I had the out moment of being bisexual but for him to fully come to terms of of being gay I never really fully received that I guess is Mm -hmm. like directly to you during your marriage that wasn't something that happened yeah correct Yeah. yeah yeah and so I mean I can kind of relate to understanding how him coming out as bisexual didn't feel as heavy or as big of a deal, or however you want to put it, yeah. coming out as gay. But either way, it is kind of a big thing. But it, you said it didn't change the dynamic of your marriage. It just kind of, and that's on your wedding night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, kudos to you for being understanding and just <laughs> going with the flow in that moment. Yeah. And so when, what was it that at that point, three years in that you decided to leave, what made you decide that you had, that it was time to, to separate? So Brandon had, there was a lot of infidelity in my marriage. So we were married for about, let's see, it was about six months when he had his first affair. Mm. He was studying at BYU at the time and uh, met up with some guy to play games and kind of, I guess, led one thing led to another and it did end there. And so that affair, he told me right away. And so we contacted, we were moving at the time and we had contacted our bishop that night and we were moving stuff into our apartment. And so like, that was our first initiation of meeting our bishop. And so at that point, like, I was like, okay, cool. We can work through this. Like at the time he was obviously still saying he was bisexual and wanting, we were in a good place and we, he was getting the help that he needed. He was started to go to therapy. I was going to therapy. So that was in about August, September time. And that was a really low place. I had just had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And so that was just a really hard time for me. And then, like I said, things got better. We started to go to therapy and he was working on things with the bishop. He was, yeah, disfellowship for a little while. And, and then, like I said, things are uphill working. He was getting better, I guess is, a, is how you could say it. And then in March for my birthday, there was a night that I just kept feeling, check his phone, check his phone, check his phone. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. we're good. You know, cause obviously after affairs and betrayal, you have these triggers of like, what is he doing? Where is he at? Why is he late? And so, you know, I'd have those and I'd work through them and I know Kai, like he's being honest. You don't have to worry. And it was one of those nights where I literally, like I was woken dead from my sleep and was told to, you know, like, I just kept feeling like the Lord, you know, obviously I'm religious. And so I just felt like the Lord was telling me, Kylie, check his phone. And I'm like, no, like we're in a good place. I trust him. And just constant for hours. I just fought with myself for hours and hours and just could not shake the feeling. And so I did, I took his phone and I checked it. And sure enough, there was just messages upon messages upon messages with all these men and that he had been meeting up with. And, and so again, So I called my bishop and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to be with him. I can't do this. For me, it was all about the dishonesty. Like if he had been Mm -hmm. open and was like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. I'm working on it. To me, that was workable. And so we separated at that point, but I was pregnant. I was 20 weeks pregnant at this point. (laughs) So I was separated from him. I think it was only a month. It was short-lived. And we Mm -hmm. just felt that, you know, we could work through it. He could get the help that he needed. And so I moved back in. So I had moved out to Arizona at that time. And then I moved back in and we were, you know, getting help and everything. And we were going to sex therapy. Like that's what she had specialized in. And we did a full disclosure. And that one was really hard for me. I had pulled Brandon early on I was like I don't want to know how many like that's Mm -hmm. something that I would hold over your head I don't think it's gonna be healthy for me because it's something I can hold on to 
and just something I could always dig at him with. Yeah. Yep. And when we were in doing our full disclosure, she was saying like, he, she was asking, well, like how many, what was, you know, what just kind of like give it all, let's, mm-hmm. let's get it all out. And he would kind of like looks at me like, and she's like, go ahead, Brandon. And, and I was like, well, he's respecting my wish. And she was like, well, Kylie, I think if he's holding even just a little piece back, he can't be honest with you. Like he needs to be able to, to just give it all to you. And I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. I'll let you, you know, let me have it. And, and so he shared the number with me and it was a large number. And again, I was just like, okay, like we decided we're going to work through this. We're going to work through this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's one or if it's a hundred, like it doesn't, doesn't change things. Like if you're, we're wanting to be in this relationship, if this is what we're going to work through, we're going to work through it. And we did like, we worked through it and then things did get better. I still obviously had a lot of trust issues and, and little things that happen. And, um, there was a lot of red flags and I don't think that there was full transparency even after that. Um, mm-hmm. but what finally was like, okay, I can't, anymore was it was right around that time right around May so it's probably about early April I had taken his car I never usually did I I took my car because it had the car seats and stuff but I was just taking a quick run and his car was parked behind mine so I took his car and I found an empty condom wrapper in there and I was like oh great (laughs) here we go again I can't I can't do this and so I went home and his sisters lived with us at the time. Oh man. And so I was like, okay, I can't, I can't blow up. I can't go home and I can't go blow up, you know? So I just, I came inside and I came up first. If I went downstairs immediately, but he obviously could tell I was upset and he's like, well, what's going on? And I said, you know, you know exactly what's going on. Like, I don't need to tell you, you know what I saw in there. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, what, what, what? And so Brandon struggled with pornography mm-hmm. since I knew him my whole life. So, so I knew that that was something that we would have to work on. And, and I was fine with that. That was something I knew was going to be coming into my marriage and he never wanted it. He always was trying to work on that addiction and, and trying to overcome it. And, and so that when I had confronted him about the condom, he had told me, Oh, well, I, I had just used that to jack off. And I'm like, Brandon, I'm not, I'm not stupid. Like, it's not, that's, that's not what we do. And, and so <laughs> that situation had got brought up in therapy. Cause I just like, it wasn't worth arguing about. And like, mm-hmm. if that's the story you're going to say, let's just, okay. Like there's something I can change. So it got brought up in therapy and she just drilled him for, for a while and was like, well, like, are you, cause he's like, well, it's telling her the same story. And she's like, Brandon. I know I used to be an addict. I ran these circles before too. Like, no, this isn't, no, mm-hmm. I know you're lying to me right now. And, and our session was an hour long session and it was about 45 minutes in. He's still like lying and lying and lying. And finally about 45 minutes in, he was like, okay, I met up with a guy. And it was really at that point that I was like, he's not willing to change. Cause to me, like if there was honesty, like to that was what to me felt that 
was willing to change or, or to make mm-hmm. the difference. And so that was kind of like the turning point for me. And then I, I don't even know if Brandon knows this, but the therapist calls me the next night and said, he's not going to change like this. You know, this is like, I think she even said like, he's a narcissist. He's going to continue to be acting this way. I think it's time for you to leave. Like, I, hmm. and obviously I didn't want that because even after that session, Brandon and I sat, she had put us in another room so we could talk it out. And they was like, I was still willing. I was yeah. still willing. And even my therapist, when she had called me, she was like, Kylie, I don't know what it's going to take for you to wake up. She's like the number didn't. She's like, you were always just, okay. Okay. And she was saying like, I didn't know what to do for you because it had to be on your terms. Like you were, yeah. you were the one that was willing to whatever it looked like. Like you were, and I tell people all the time, like I was faithful to a fault. Like I was willing to, to continue to do all those things. And so after that, I'm like, I just need space. I need time away. I had, my friend didn't know about this at all. And she had come to me and was like, kind of the same thing, like just unloaded on me and was like, Brandon's not going to change that you deserve better. And I'm like, and I was so angry at her at the time. You mm-hmm. don't know. Like, because obviously Brandon is a great person. He's the person that I married for a reason. And I loved him and I, I still love him. And so I'm like, how dare you? How could you say this about, you mm-hmm. know, the person that I love? And some like, cause she was, and I told her like, if you don't support my marriage, you don't support me because I was choosing to stay at the time. And so like all of this was just, it was, I just felt like it was the Lord's kind of way of like, Kai, it's time. And yeah. time. And so I finally, I just broke away and I, I came back out to Arizona for a while and just kind of weighed everything out. And I just, I, I don't, I honestly, there was, it's a Rascal Flat song and it's, it's called winner at a losing game. Mm. And it kind of says like, have you ever tried to love someone? Oh, how does it say it? But it's just kind of saying, have you ever loved somebody that can't love you back? It's kind of yeah, what it's saying. And I was like, I sent it to Brandon and I said, this is exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. And like, after that, it was finally like, he had, like, I just was like asking him all the right questions and he was answering honestly. And was like, I think at that point he was finally starting to like, let himself, okay, maybe Kylie is right. Maybe I am gay. Maybe this is a bigger picture than I think it is. Maybe it won't get better. And because I had asked him like, one of the questions I had asked him at that time when, when we were separated was, would it be easier for you to be celibate in our marriage? And he said, yes. Interesting. And so again, I was like, okay, that's, I'm, I'm fine doing that. And, and I said, but that also means pornography. And he said, I can't do that. And so I was Hmm. like, okay, then, then I can't, I can't stay in this marriage. And so that was really when I decided, okay, we can't, we can't do this. And so that's obviously a long story. It's been a lot of years of, (laughs) yeah, you know, like, oh, maybe this point, oh, maybe this point, oh, maybe this point. And I don't think there's ever a right time. I don't think there's ever really a wrong time. (laughs) It's just really outweighing what's best for the both parties at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I keep thinking, <laughs> I always want to say, oh, you are so strong, which yeah. you are. But we were just, I just saw this thing about how those moments when we want to tell people they're strong and what they've been through, but also 
I remember people telling me strong and still to this day telling me I'm strong. And I get what they're saying. Like I understand, but also feeling like I feel in those moments, I felt so weak. And oh, yeah. so, yeah, strung out yeah. and so overwhelmed that I didn't, you don't feel that strength in the moment, but ideally you, you know, that it deep down, yeah. there's part of us that knows, yeah, I am strong, even though right now I feel so weak and so burdened and it's real. You can have yeah. both those things. You can feel both those things. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I want to ask you where these are short interviews. So I want to ask you one more question before yeah, sorry. we end this. I, that was very long. Sorry. No, no, you're great. I loved it. No, it was perfect. No, that was totally perfect. Um, I have like so many questions I could ask you. I've been writing things down while we were going through, but, but I'm going to focus on one for today. And now that you are here where you are at now in whatever your relationship looks like with your ex, whatever. What is the one thing? Is there something you're still struggling with? And what is the good? So I want to hear like, where's the struggle, but also where is the win for you personally right now? Oh, that's that's a hard question. The thing that I'm most grateful for with this situation and our divorce is like I finally love myself and I never thought that was something that I was ever going to achieve. Mm. And like I literally just got goosebumps saying that again. But it's oh, I, love I that. I've never, like, even as a kid, I struggled with that. And so that's where I'm at now. And that's, I've been able to be more present with my children. And Mm. so that's been wonderful for me. And then what I'm struggling with right now is probably, I would say, I was thinking about this yesterday with like having, because Brandon and I were such good friends beforehand. Mm. um, It's, I feel like, there's like three different of me's having a relationship with Brandon. Like sometimes I'm best friend Kylie and then sometimes I'm ex-wife Kylie and sometimes I'm baby mama Kylie, like three different roles. And so sometimes I'm, you know, ex-wife Kylie and, and I'm playing the role of her and he should suffer because of what he did to me. And then there's that other part of me that's playing best friend Kylie. And like, you know, I'm so proud of him for living his truth and for finally having the space to, to live, to explore who he really is. Cause he never had that option. And so I feel like that's probably the hardest thing for me right now is like finding that balance because sometimes I present myself really well with Brandon and we're really cordial and things are great. And then there's other times where it's like, I mean, I, I feel like both him and I handle things well, but emotions are so high end that it, it yeah. doesn't go well, you know? And so I would say that's probably the hardest thing right now is just where do I place myself? What do I believe? What do I think? How do I place my children in this situation? How do I teach them? And how do I, you know, just, I guess the whole, what does this look like now? <laughs> I guess yes. <laughs> yeah. And it is that whole process. I think you have identified two things here that so many women that I talk to who are in this situation, and I'm sure going through divorce or any hard things in life, but we're talking about our situation right now. Yeah. <laughs> is that idea that, well, in our situation, is that very much that three different personalities? I love how you kind of, or roles, three different roles. Yeah. I love how you said that because it's so true. And ideally, we find a way to mesh those into one role that works, but there is this part where you want to, you are so proud of them and happy for them because you do love them and want them to be happy. And there's also this part that's angry and bitter because your life just got turned upside down. And then 
you're the baby mama, you're taking care yeah. of those kids and you're facilitating all of that. And it is hard to blend those roles, but you can do it and you're on the right path. So that's awesome. <laughs> and then also that part that you just said at the end where just rethinking oh. your life and how it yeah. looks and, mm-hmm. and figuring that out. It's a real process and yeah. it takes time and you are still fresh. Yeah. Yes, and I, like, fresh. I, it's funny because <laughs> I still sometimes feel like I'm still fresh and I've been divorced yes. for 10 years. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it's all new things, right? Like petty yes. changes. And then you're like, oh, how do we do it? How do we handle this? Or yeah. You know. Yep. Different things just come up. And that is the beautiful part of life, I think. But also the hard part of life is just that growth and development within there. Thank you so much for sharing. It was so great to chat with you. And I hope to chat with you more in the future. Yes. And I'm sure we will. So yeah, take care. Perfect. Thank you. I loved chatting with our first Kylie today about how she has been navigating this difficult time in her life. I especially loved that she has been setting boundaries and that her win from all of this is that she is finally loving herself. She has embraced herself for the freaking unicorn that she is. Sometimes the gift of self-love comes to us in the most unexpected ways. I also think it is important to acknowledge that she is still looking for clarity still tearing down that fog to figure out how her different roles can come together, her role to work for her family, her role as a mom, her role as a co-parent, her role in supporting her ex and loving her ex and being a friend to her ex, all those things. I think so many of us can relate to feeling that our roles have been kind of divided up in how we show up for our ex during this time. And so it's important to gain that clarity around that. I love that she shared that and that she put that into words so clearly. And I can't wait to share with you what the next Kylie has to say and her unique story. Okay, Kylie, I am super excited to have you here. (laughs) Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's funny because you and Steve are really good friends. Yes. And so I always feel like I just hear about you through Steve <laughs> or Penny or whoever. Uh-huh. And then I've met you in person, obviously, a few times. But yes. it's fun to actually get to chat with you without Steve. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I was like, I told you this before, but I was thinking, I can invite Steve and Matt, but Steve knows too much about her. <laughs> He'll yes. just want to chat. He would definitely have some input. <laughs> And yeah, Matt, I just didn't even bring it up to him at all. So <laughs> didn't give him the option tonight. So I am excited that you are here to share your story. You have a different take on the same situation that we've been through. Well, very similar situation as Steve and I. And so I am excited for people to hear your story because what we're really trying to help people do is to figure out what works for them. We're not saying people should do it like us. and we just encourage people to figure out what works for you and lean into that and trust that. And you guys, I think, have really done that and have a very different take on it. So let's go ahead and dive in and have you tell us a little about your story. Tell us who you are and how you've gotten to where you're at right now. Yes, I would love to. Jake and I met in college. We instantly became best friends, did literally everything together. We're both very active members of the LDS church, had a lot in common. We played volleyball together all the time. We were in 
math class, just had a lot of fun all the time. And then both went on missions for the Mormon church. He went to Costa Rica and I went to New Jersey, Spanish speaking. So we like spoke Spanish together and wrote emails our whole mission, just stayed best friends. When we both came home, he came to see, he got home a little bit before I did, came to see me and we just instantly connected again. Like it was perfect. We were best friends. We still always wanted to be together, always wanted to do everything together. We started dating. We dated long distance for, he was still in school in Virginia and I was in school in Idaho. Mm -hmm. Dated long distance for a few months, got engaged. We're engaged long distance for a few months <laughs> and then got married. We were in, got married in May and then just we went up back up to Idaho for school. He came to me and we were married for four years. He had told me before we got married that he was bi and I did not have an issue with that. Neither of us had an issue with that. It was totally fine. And then four years into marriage, I was in dental hygiene school at this point. We were in Arizona. He was going to start medical school. So we did a little bit more long distance there. And as soon as I finished dental hygiene school, I moved up to Idaho with him. And he told me that he had cheated on me with a guy and he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. Wasn't sure if he was still considering himself bi or gay at that point. Hmm. So we didn't really talk about it with many people for initially. It was kind of like his thing to kind of figure out who he was and then figure out how that worked for us. We did that for about four or five months and then did eventually get divorced and we're still best friends. Okay. So I'm going to unpack a little bit of that with you. Perfect. Um, so, so initially, did he think he was bi because he was attracted to you as well? Or because yes. at this point, how does he identify? Gay. Okay. I, that's what I thought, but I wanted yes. to make sure. Yes. Um, but initially, because he had like what felt like this great relationship with you, mm -hmm. he assumed he was bi. Is that yeah. kind of how he would describe that? Yeah, he is very much a relationship person. He had a mm -hmm. girlfriend, same girlfriend all through high school mm -hmm. and then and then me basically, a relationship person. And so he knew that he loved me. Like he was definitely attracted to me, like didn't ever doubt that, but also knew that he was attracted to men. Didn't know yeah. what to do with that. Mm -hmm. Based off of upbringing and religion, didn't know how to navigate that. So are your families still active in the church? Uh, yes. Okay. Mostly. Not that that really matters, but it's yeah. always something that's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic to navigate. Yes. Um, His family still is very active and mine is mostly active. Okay. Are you still active in the church? I am not. Neither Jake or I are anymore. Okay. And at what point did you leave? Right around when I moved up to Idaho, when he told me he cheated okay. on me. We both mm -hmm. just kind of slowly distance ourselves from the church there. And I feel like that's kind of a lot of times when the unraveling with religion and stuff, when you're going through these hard things of figuring out what you want, what your life looks like. Yes. 
then you really start understanding your feelings around religion and yes. all of those things that can be all wrapped up into that one, you know, that process, which yeah, is- Yeah, I agree. Right, yeah. Okay, so after he had, like when you found out he had the affair, did that drastically change things for you in the relationship? Yes and no. Okay. Yes, because it opened up this entire level of like uncertainty. Like, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. No, because I still loved him and I knew that he also still loved me. So it did change the relationship. It changed the whole trajectory of the relationship, but there was still that core love between us. Mm -hmm. Were you ever angry? Yes, I definitely was, but it was also easy to put aside the anger because I could also see how much he was hurting. Yeah, I totally like relate he, to that. He was in so much pain over what he had done and like how it hurt me mm-hmm. and not knowing what was going to happen with us. Mm-hmm. So what emotions were you carrying at that time? Like from the time you found out he was cheating until you guys were officially divorced, like what did that feel like for you? Anxiety. (laughs) A lot of just, I love him. I want to support him. I want to be there for him. That's who, he's who I married. He's who I wanted to spend my entire life with. But is that going to work? Is that even possible at this point? And if it is, how? If not, what are we going to do? Yeah. So it's kind of like we talked about this in a recent episode. And I think it's just like my new thing of throwing out the manual of realizing we have this idea set up for us, especially being raised in a church. I think in a church in general, but also in the LDS church of these are the steps you take. You guys took this step and this step and this step. You, you know, you graduated high school, you went on the mission, you came home and you got married. And then, you know, we have this path that we think we're going to follow and it's just going to work out. And then we have to kind of like, oh, (laughs) chuck the manual out and say, now, now what do I do? And figure out how that looks. And I feel like so many women in our situation, I mean, it's a total flip of whether you've had kids or not of, oh my gosh. Yeah. If you've had kids, now you have this father who's, who's gay or bi or however they come out, whatever, however they identify Mm -hmm. that you now have to process that of how you're raising your kids with them. And even if you don't figuring out what your relationship looks like now, how do we proceed? What do we want? And you both have to kind of figure that out together because one of you could want something else and you got to put those together. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys both wanted to stay friends and you've been able to make that happen. So what does your relationship look like now? We're definitely still in each other's lives. He came over tonight to give me my Christmas present. Like, (laughs) so still good friends. I'm also pretty good friends with his boyfriend. He got into a relationship very shortly after we got divorced. (laughs) It's fun. It's good that we can still support each other good that we can still be there for each other when the other person needs. We still love being in each other's lives. That's great. So it's interesting now hearing your story more Mm -hmm. from the beginning of how you guys have been friends for so long and understanding why you are still friends now. Like Steve would tell me and I'm like, okay, but is this really healthy? 
Like, not that I was like really (laughs) passing judgment, but just the concern of I've been through this. I know these feelings and there can be a point where it becomes a codependent relationship. Like I, I totally can understand that, but I see it now of how that makes so much sense and why you would, I mean, it's, it's your best friend whether you have kids or not, like I totally Mm -hmm. can relate to that. So I love that I now have that insight into your story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you're not the first person who has said that. My mom had major concerns with it. Like if it's still healthy for us to be in each other's lives at all, like especially when we were in the process of figuring out like, okay, we are getting divorced. Mm -hmm. What do we need to do? What's the future for us? And it probably didn't start out as healthy probably still figuring out everything life. Mm -hmm. But I do think we are in a really good place now where we catch up, we hang out, same friend group. Yeah. Well, and I think there's, I don't think really most relationships start out healthy, probably, (laughs) especially as they evolve because you're figuring out those boundaries and how this looks now. And you're trying to to figure out what feels right. And it, that's a process and it takes time. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that it's like unhealthy, but it's just, it's just the reality that we have to go through that process of figuring that out. And I do not want to make it sound like I was ever (laughs) judgmental of your guys's relationship, but it's interesting. Like I've just, I go through things because that's what I do of helping people in these situations is thinking through, okay, I want to talk through this with them because I've seen these other things happen. So that is awesome. I'm happy for you guys. Thank you. Okay. So you've kind of answered my two questions, but I am going to ask them like the two questions I told you I was going to ask just because I think it's good to have that clarity around those. And for other women going through this to know they're not alone, because you said a couple things that I know other women are feeling and and other people who are Mm -hmm. going through hard things in their relationships. So what has the hardest part of this all been for you? What's been the hardest thing or the hardest emotion or the hardest moments, what do you feel like was the hardest thing for you? The hardest moment was deciding, okay, we need to get divorced mm-hmm. because neither of us wanted to make that decision. Mm-hmm. So we were both trying to figure out what we wanted, how to make it work, and getting to that decision of this is what's best for both of us, no matter how hard it is was definitely the hardest part. I like, I can feel that. Yeah. (laughs) I I remember that moment. And I remember the moment that I knew we had to get divorced and like how hard that felt to just say the words out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. And then along with that, you said along, because it came with that anxiety and uncertainty of what does it look like moving Mm -hmm. forward with the affair. And then on top of that, again, when you get the divorce, there's just those moments of, yeah. So gaining clarity around that is, is one of the things that helps. Yes. <laughs> it takes <definitely>. time. Definitely. <laughs> okay. And so where are you winning today? Like, what is it that brings you joy, whether it's related to Jake or not? Like, where are you winning? What has been such a blessing for you out of all of this? I just mostly feel like I have gotten to know myself more. I've gotten a better understanding of who I am, who I want to be, what I want to do. I've had that time just on my own, 
just doing whatever I want to figure out what I do want to do in life and what I want out of life. I love it. I think that's the beautiful thing. I was going to say the beautiful thing of divorce and that sounds so messed up. (laughs) But I was talking to somebody about it earlier today that often when we go through this, there is like this, you get to get to know yourself all over again. And there is power and beauty in knowing yourself. Yeah. It's a powerful thing. And I think it reminds you of how strong you are and capable you are and all of those things. So awesome. Anything else you want to leave with us tonight? I don't think so. I think I'm glad I was able to talk. Glad I was able to share my story. Yes. Thank you for being here and we'll see you around. I love that this Kylie brings a totally different experience to the table than the Kylie we previously had heard from. And it is a different experience from mine, which I also love. She is choosing to show up for herself in ways that feel right for her, even when others may disagree or question, which is actually a similarity that I have had as well. But I love how she is doing it. She is creating her own unicorn path, and I am so impressed with all that she has navigated. I also appreciate that she pointed out that she was in a fog of anxiety and uncertainty and how that can be such a hard space to navigate. And the important thing is for each of us is that we gain clarity when we are in that space. We take those feelings, we feel them, we understand, and we move forward to try to gain the clarity we need so that we can have the best relationship with ourselves, with our family, with our friends, with our ex, and everyone that is involved. So my bold friend, I want you to remember you are a unicorn. You are unique. There's a unique way that you are going to find peace, clarity, and calm in your life, and that you are going to find love in your life, love for yourself and love for others. Your path during this hard season is going to be different from anybody else. There might be parts of it that are the same, but it is going to be unique to you and your situation and what feels right for you. And I want to teach you and help you find the tools that will help you gain the clarity you need to come out of the fog. So join me January 19th for the free workshop, Secrets for Finding the Rainbows Through the Emotional Fog. It will get you heading in the right direction. Now, while this workshop is specifically designed for those who have had a spouse that has come out, if you've been listening to this and feel like it resonates with you as well, please don't hesitate to join our unicorn herd. We don't discriminate and start to create your own path as well. You can register for the workshop by heading to theboldlogic.com forward slash free workshop or going to the link in our bio. I hope to see you there and that we get to start this bold unicorn path together. Feel free to bring your favorite snack, a bevy, a blankie, and your pen and paper so you are ready to learn. Love to you all. Have a freaking bold week, my friend. And don't forget, you are a unicorn. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. Here at Husband-in-Law and The Bold Logic, we believe that there are six values that can really make your relationship amazing and take it to the next level. Those values are love, appreciation, acceptance, kindness, respect, and understanding. Today, I wanted to give you guys a challenge for appreciation. We want you guys to go and let somebody know that they are appreciated today. That can be as simple as sending a text, writing a letter, making a phone call, 
Maybe you pick up something special for them at the grocery store, just something small to let them know that you're thinking about them and you appreciate what they're doing. We've encouraged you to do this before and we're going to extend this challenge again. Go do it today. A little appreciation goes a long way.